0: hey guys welcome to the seven figure box show my name is Andrew Frezza and today I want to talk to you guys about who are your classes designed for and when I talk about the design of a class what I'm really talking about is things like who is the programming for who is that lesson plan for what is the pace of that class what is your communication like at the whiteboard who are you speaking to um, what are your skills and progressions who are those designed for all of these things I want you to be thinking about because who your target market is with the approach to all those different aspects of a class is going to drastically change how that class plays out, even if the workout is the same, even if actually the warm-up is the same. The main components can be the same, but the design of the class, the way you communicate can still change very drastically based on who you're doing that class for in your mind. And when we think about this, obviously we need to We need to be like a chameleon with our approach. We need to be able to cater to a lot of different individuals in our classes. At our gym, CrossFit Palm Beach, we could literally have someone in our class that's been doing for CrossFit for over 10 years right next to someone that's in their very first month. And if you look at something like our 5 a.m. class currently, which is our busiest class of the day right now, our average member in that class has probably been doing CrossFit for well over 4 years. That's the average person in a 35-person class. So one of the things that we've really learned over the years or really tried to cater to over the years is how can we keep people engaged in our product, in our service for years to come? I hear from a lot of gym owners out there that they have members that have been around the gym for 18 months or two years that are getting bored of the class experience or feel like they need more. And those situations are common at any gym regardless of how great of a job you do in your class experience. But you, if you hear an overwhelming amount of people talking about needing more and wanting more and the class is not delivering for them, then that's where you have to start to change your approach in your classes. And hopefully this episode today will really help you guys dial that in and and reframe how you think about the class experience. So when we design our classes at CrossFit Palm Beach, we are thinking about the veteran client first. Okay. And notice that terminology I said veteran, not like your best athletes, not your most competitive athletes, not your most vocal athletes. We're looking to cater to our most veteran ideal clients. And I'll add that second bit ideal client as well because that's really important to it. So when we look at our veteran ideal clients, that's someone that's been with us at least six months that fits our core values. That's someone who's coachable, who has a growth mindset, who's positive, who's hungry to learn, who's got a team mindset. They put the team over the needs of themselves. This is a person that we want to cater our product to. So anytime we design our programming, our lesson plans, anytime we're talking at the whiteboard, we are talking with the veteran ideal client in mind, okay? And where I think a lot of gyms go wrong with this is they actually speak to the most competitive clients or the best athletes and they cater their gym around that or they get caught up with the most beginner athlete in class, they look at a class and they they get caught with that newest person. Maybe they don't have a fundamentals program and it's someone there to try their first day, or in their first week, or if they do have a fundamentals program, it's someone that's fresh out of fundamentals and they're putting too much time and attention into that person, or they're designing their class experience around that newest person, instead of thinking of how can I keep this experience engaging forever for my veteran members. And one example that I love for thinking about this is think about a yoga class. So I don't do a ton of yoga classes myself, but I've done enough throughout the years to kind of understand how it works at most places. And I'm a fan of the approach that most of the places that I've been to have. And in any given yoga class that I've been to, I'm typically one of the newer members in that class, okay? I'm more on the beginner side of that class. And when I'm in a yoga class, it's, it's somewhat difficult for me to keep up, right? The, the yoga instructor has this quick flow of going one movement to the next, and they might call out the next pose, and usually they're at the front of the room showing it as well. And a lot of times it's I'm a little bit behind the group, I might be five or 10 seconds behind the group because either I don't know the pose by name or it just takes me some time to get into that pose and kind of catch up with the group. But even as a beginner, I don't feel like it's so fast that it's, it's really extreme and I can't keep up at all. If I don't know what a pose is, I just glance up at the instructor or the person next to me and I can quickly kind of follow along. So, even though I realize that the class isn't necessarily designed to meet for me, what it's cool about it is that I realize that over time I can easily grow into that as my knowledge grows and my terminology grows and I get better at the poses. Now, yoga is not really for me, so I've never really taken it that far where I've gotten into the flow of it. But if it was for me, I would want that experience to stay the way it is rather than be catered to me as a beginner because I would want it to be engaging for me. Uh, for years to come. And I think a lot of yoga classes do a good job of it, of not slowing down just for that beginner, uh, the most beginner person in that class. Now on the flip side, there's probably advanced yoga classes as well, and it's not necessarily catered to the best person in the room either. And that's something that we hear with CrossFit. I mean, we've been told, even at the level ones and the level twos, is that we program for the best and scale for the rest. And I don't think that's where we should be at our affiliates. Uh, maybe when you're brand new and you don't have any like extremely good athletes maybe you do have extremely good athletes but usually when you're starting up you don't and you can kind of cater for the best and scale for the rest but once you get an established client base and once we have 500 members if we really cater for that top one or two athletes of those 500 we're going to ostracize the rest of the group with our programming and with our communication and the way we approach a class so I would encourage you guys to focus on that tier just below your top people that top like 80% threshold. These are your good veteran athletes. The ones that have been progressing for for five or six years with you. If you've been around a while cater your programming and class experience around those people not necessarily the best of the best in the room. So I want to dive deeper into what really makes an ideal client and for those of you guys that have core values, starting to bring this into the picture. And one thing I want to point out is just because someone was an ideal client or fit your core values at one time, they might not fit your core values now or in the future. Um, One example for us is like, we've done athlete of the month awards for years now. So we've literally accumulated close to 100 athletes of the month for CrossFit Palm Beach. Not all of those athletes of the month are still with us at the gym. Um, not all of them moved away or, or couldn't afford it and that's the reason why they left. Some of them left because it was no longer a fit for them. They sort of grew out of our service or we grew apart um, as a business entity and, and their needs for their own health and fitness. And that's okay. So it's really important that you're constantly sort of recalibrating who your ideal veteran clients are and not getting stuck on, well this was an ideal client at one point, so there's still an ideal client today. Um, when we look at ideal clients, we're looking at things like, who are the people that show up on time? Who are the people that listen attentively at the whiteboard or when you're doing progressions? Who are the, the people that still want to be coached and they still want to learn new things and they still want to refine their technique? Um, who are the people that will support that new person that shows up and try to learn their name, or help another person put away their weights. All these little things add up and these are really actionable, tangible things that you can look for in your veteran clients to determine whether that person is still an ideal client of yours. And, you know, if someone stops doing those things, it may take a conversation and they still might be an ideal client, but you also have to realize where you as a a business service and them as a a person that has fitness needs might be growing apart, right? Your business should be constantly evolving because if you're not evolving throughout the years, I mean, you're just going to go out of business. You're not going to be able to kind of keep up with the changing needs of the times. And that person's going to evolve too. They're going to have changes in work, in family life, um, all these different things that could contribute to their needs changing. And if you guys grow apart, that's okay. Um, You're you know, you're going to be able to find ideal clients to fit that spot But in get in any given moment You have to be able to understand in this moment who are my ideal veteran clients? And then once you've established who those people are You want to cater everything in your class to those people and one of the places that I see Coaches and owners screw this up at times is with how they talk to people at the whiteboard or how they teach in class and I'm a big fan of Teach to the result that you want to create, okay? So it's easy to have a class of 20 people or 10 people or 15 people, whatever that number is, and to sort of look at the the worst mover in that class or maybe the most vocal person, the most negative person in that class, the person who possibly cheats their reps in class, and you start to cater your whiteboard explanations to those like one-off scenarios. So you might be staring down a class of 15 people 10 to 12 of those people might be ideal clients, and then you might have three to five of those people that some aspect of how they approach your gym is sort of unideal. And rather than trying to cater to those three to five that are non-ideal in this moment, cater everything you communicate to those 10 to 12 that are ideal, right? So don't talk down to them, talk up to them, give them Uh, What they need to be doing not what they what you don't want them to do, right? We always want to speak to the positive and not what we don't want them doing whether it could be coming uh, Be about how they're moving or about how they're approaching workouts or about cheating reps Things like that leave that out of it, right? Let's talk to the result that we want to create let's talk in a mostly positive fashion and that's going to Uh, Make those ideal clients feel really good because you're speaking to them And it's also going to help you create more of those ideal clients because your classes are catered to that type of person Another aspect of this sort of like class design piece is that we need to always be able to put the class first Above the needs of an individual Um, So an example of this would be whenever you're doing any type of teaching component in class um, your you know teaching progressions of the snatch your your Uh, doing a handstand push-up progression, and you have people kicking up on the wall. Whenever you're doing stuff like this in class, you want to be able to get your hands one-on-one, or get time one-on-one with people, do some tactile cueing, do some verbal cueing, and do that on an individual basis, right? We don't want to just direct the group as a whole, we want to do some individualized seeing, cueing, correcting in those moments. It's a great time to do it. But we also don't want to get stuck with someone for so long that we start to ignore the needs of the group and that's where this pace of class becomes really important Um, if we're doing things like just a general band warm-up i really like for that pace of the class to be super fast minimal transition between movements if we're doing something like snatch progressions there's a pace where you might be practicing for 30 to 35 seconds and then you got 15 to 20 seconds to talk about the next skill you're gonna work on. And throughout that 30 to 35 seconds of work, you want to be moving around the room, cueing individuals, fixing people on an individual basis, and giving them that individualized attention. But as soon as that block ends, it's really important that we come back to the group and we don't get stuck with someone for too long. So one of the things I encourage all of our coaches to have is kind of like a shot clock in the back of their head once they've spent 30 to 60 seconds with someone, and this depends on the situation, but just roughly 30 to 60 seconds, they need to be able to kind of step back, look at the room, and make sure that they're doing what's best for the class as a whole, and not getting so, uh, have the blinders up so much that they're ignoring the needs of 15 other people to try to get one person better. Um, It's one of the things that I don't think is talked about enough at things like the level one and the level two is this group management piece and a little bit of that presence and attitude piece comes in as well. But um, I mean, I'm all about being relentless and making people better, but you have to pick your spots when other people are waiting or when other people aren't getting the experience that they want to have. So it's really important to kind of have that shot clock in the back of your head at all times so that way you can make sure you're always putting the needs of the group first. And then one of the last things I wanna caution you guys about is not taking this so far that you start to think about veteran members being above certain things. I think one of the issues that we've allowed as owners to persist or as coaches to persist in, in our gyms is that we almost allow people to get sort of like an elitist view of fitness. They feel like they're above certain things and they feel like that once they get to a certain point they no longer have to do the basics. And I always try to tell people like, look at the best athletes in the world, look at the best basketball players like a Kobe Bryant or a Steph Curry or LeBron James. Those guys never stop shooting free throws. They never stop shooting layups. They never stop working on little things like their footwork. In fact, the best in the world, they work on those things even more. And we have to understand that yes, our athletes are not trying to be the best CrossFitters in the world, But they do want to get better. They do want to improve and if if we want them to improve, then we still have to work on basics. Okay, so when it comes for to like something like snatch progressions and we're working on position one position two, position three and refining those things. In my opinion, those things are for everybody and those things are for your veteran athletes just as much as they are for your beginners. And in some cases they're for your veteran athletes even more because those veteran athletes, can they can't make change under load. They're having trouble making that change, whether that be opening their hips on the snatch, moving their feet. Their best chance for making change is in a low heart rate, low weight environment where they can really think about what's happening and make that correction. So I always wanna encourage you guys as coaches and as owners is not let your athletes to slip into this mindset where they feel like they're above certain things. And what allows you to keep it value for the veteran, keep the value for the veteran members is that you're approaching your fundamentals program in a way or your front end where it protects the class experience for your veteran members. I think that's actually the greatest value of a fundamentals program or PT first is that you're keeping that protection for the veteran members of the true class experience. Okay, so for us we have all of our new crossfit members go through at least four personal training sessions before joining the classes and now we encourage a lot of them to start with beach fit and do personal training before they get into crossfit so that way in your classes again let's talk about the snatch you're not trying to teach that hey this is where your grip needs to be on a snatch this is where your feet need to be this is the snatch happens from the ground to the overhead position, right? We're taking some of those really basic, basic elements out of it so we can refine more of those intermediate and advanced things like what does position one look like? What does position two look like? How can we make sure that we're uh, dialing in our positions, dialing in our tempos, fully extending the hips? Some of these things that even your veteran athletes are still going to mess up. Okay, so. Um, I would encourage you guys to, if you don't already have PT First or a fundamentals program and you are an established gym, think of it for that reason. Think of it of how much more value can you deliver to your veteran members if you didn't have to always cater your class to that newest person in the room. So that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you found this episode valuable. And if you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment below or shoot me an email at andrew at crossfitpalmbeach.com hey guys it's andrew again i just want to remind you that if you haven't yet downloaded our staff playbook that we released last week if you're in the process of creating your own staff playbook or you haven't even considered it yet um, or you just need to update your existing one i would highly recommend downloading our staff playbook that we just released for free last week it's an 80 plus page blueprint of how we run crossfit palm beach from a to z So go ahead to sevenfigurebox.com slash staff playbook to download your copy today.